McTavish ahead. Breakaway chance for Diaco. He corrals the puck to the back end and scores! George Diaco opens the scoring for the Bulldogs. It's a brilliant pass from Mason McTavish, and Diaco goes upstairs on the backhand. It's 1-0 on his 19th of the year. There is the voice of the Bulldogs, Reed Duthie, with the call of the opener. At the outdoor showcase, George Diaco with a very nice move to go backhander, top shelf over Lever. And wow, what a night that was. Thank you for joining us here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Yeah, Wardy, have you rebounded from all the excitement? Like, man. That was, ins- that was an insane day. Like, first off, our intros into the stadium, I think, were right up there with the players. Oh, yeah, absolutely I mean, they were. Had to, go- had to rock the flannel. We're outdoors for hockey. You have to go flannel, in my opinion. So I had to, but it was a good day. Um, it was fun. I thought the press box was so far away, so I moved down. <laughs> Sorry to leave you hanging there. No, but all good. I, I want to go down because that perspective by the ice, man, it's second to none. Um, you get to hear the ice shake, and it's really like you're out on an ice rink with your bodies. Like when you're a kid, you know, like when you're on the ice rink, and you can like hear the blades. You can feel the blades moving in front of you. Mm-hmm. Really, that, that's what it was. It was like wild. And the ice looked pretty good too, so it, all, it almost looked like it was fake. The ice, I, like I thought the ice looked better than the first period at the uh, Heritage Classic, by the yes. way. Great job, Buffalo. That was awesome. Uh, but yeah, but yeah I mean, it was snowing during the deal. first half of the game, probably between the Sabres and the Leafs. But you know, and the ice, even when they scraped it or even as they got started, really didn't look that good. Now, I mean, whether or not it's because they had it covered until about four four thirty on Monday, I'm not sure. Yeah, 4:30, but four thirty because it was, that process took about thirty five to forty five minutes. Yeah. To be complete, and it the ice looked in really good shape when it was done. Mm-hmm. But the third, third, second period, it started to get a lot of ruts in the corners, as expected. The corner battles and stuff—you expect the ice to get chippy. It, it it got worse, the ice, but it was good. It was fine. It was okay. As Marcus Constantini said, it was okay. It was yeah. okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, as when was it? I guess it was the first intermission when we were down there opposite end of the scoreboard yeah we could see behind the net all the ruts and chips and everything but um yeah you know it didn't seem to phase the hamilton bulldogs or marco costantini so uh yeah yeah it almost felt like sorry reese it almost felt like a dream you know to cover that game like i don't i mean that might have sounded weird to say a dream but legit like it felt like a dream to cover that that's that's like a bucket list thing like it doesn't matter where we go um, that may be the only time like we get to cover an outdoor game, so that was pretty special to do. Um, and like it worked out good. We got a really good parking spot. That was the one. Question. Yeah, we did. Right yeah, across did. the road, right behind the scoreboard, legit directly behind the score the scoreboard. So that was right on. Wardy kept and, asking me to check to see if I could see if there was a ticket there during the game while he was down at ice level and I was upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Keep calling. I keep calling Reese. Hey, is there anyone by my car? Or are we getting ticketed? Uh, what's going on here? We're getting robbed. Got, no. All of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, you see, all of a sudden, you see me sprinting down like, well, not Brandon Banks anymore. I mean, like Dane Evans throwing a bomb yeah. and just running down like I'm catching it in the end zone right out of the stadium. The fifty, the forty, the thirty. <laughs> Where is he? Just get away from it. Take your boy's car. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> team sprint across the field. But yeah, it was a great time. Um, really cool experience. I'm glad we got to go there early. Um, that yeah, we got cool. there. What the perks of being on the network? On the other network. It was yeah. we got there two thirty. Yeah, it was nice to get there early, and we got some pictures on our Instagram too. If you want to check those out, we'll share it on the, we'll share it on the show story. Yeah. Our post, and uh, if you want to check those out, you can because it's been really cool. It was a really cool experience. The pregame was kind of cold. That wind coming across the yeah. top of the stadium was cold. Because then there's me who takes the long johns off, and then oh, I'll be fine. I'm staying in the press box. Um, half hour later, I'm down at ice level. <laughs> so that was pretty. That wasn't very smart on my part, but oh well. I'm a blonde, and you have blonde moments, right? When you're blonde, so it's all good. I was born with it. Yeah, I mean, and, and as much as we're going to talk about the experience of the game, I'm sure throughout uh, throughout this episode, but um, this was a perfect defensive game if you're the Hamilton Bulldogs. I mean, Joshua Generals were not even close to being great offensively. They're really sloppy, I thought, in the offensive end, and even sometimes in the defensive end. Um, I thought they didn't handle the puck very well. Obviously, that led to what? Not very many shots, 18 shots in the entire game. And it got worse as it went on seven, six, and then five uh, in the final frame. But yeah, this yeah. was this, this is where you're Jay McKee. And I'm sure he did this after the game. I'm sure afterwards watching some tape on, you know, what they did well, what they did wrong defensively. Uh, obviously, more what they did well as it's happened mm-hmm. all year. But, you know, you take up, you take pride in a game like this because. It's if you're building a championship championship team, that's where you start from. It's from the defensive end. You got to make sure you keep the puck out of the net before you can put the puck in the other net. And I think this is just this is the way Steve Steos drew it up. This is exactly where he wanted to be uh, with his top six D men. So uh, from that mm-hmm. standpoint, you're the Hamilton Bulldogs right now. You're you're pumping your chest, saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're that's the way good. we're you're playing the rest excited, of the year yeah. and heading to the Memorial Cup because we're a great defensive team." <laughs> Yeah, it's like when you go to the table and you know the card, right? You're all excited. Yeah, all in. Yeah, yeah that's that type of night. Those are exciting. And yeah, the cool part too about going down low is you got to really appreciate how fast the game is and how underrated some guys are. I mean, some like Hamill from the press box is a long way. It's high up, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't really get to you don't really get that perspective where you get to be down low and see guys. But like Arbor Jack, you know, either way, he's a really good player. You know that he's. It doesn't matter where you are in the arena, you know he's good. And I didn't I honestly can't believe how fast he closed gaps. How the the amount of improvement he's made since first coming in the league is incredible. Um he gets in gaps so quick and he's physical, he uses the body, right? He's not afraid to engage in physicality, which is massive in my opinion. I mean, one thing you can lay the odd body check, but when you like to do it, when you look for it in a clean way. That's that's the beauty of the sport, right? That's that makes you a really good defenseman. Because I think to be a defenseman, you got to be able to play physical. I mean, like National Hockey, you got to be able to use your body, right? Because yeah, stick on stick. Nick Lidstrom's like the only guy to ever play the game to have a Hall of Fame career and be one of the best all time at that position without using his body. Like it's rare. It's very rare. And uh, Arbor Jack is just a stud back there. I'm um, Jordan Donovan had a really good game. I thought. Um, they played a good game all around. I mean, the shots in the first period, 21 to 7. And that really stood out to me, Reese. And if Patrick Lieber, I mean, credits to him. I thought he played a really good game. 
That save he made in the second period, diving across to make that glove save on the hold, it was on the power play. I have video of that. It was perfect. It was right in front of me. I think it was. Hamilton finally got a power play. In more, it was on a Morrison shot, I believe. I know Reed will correct me if he, when he hears this, but who, who the shooter was. He called the game, and it's easy, right? When you call the game, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think that. No, I mean, I think you hit, hit it right on the head. And I'm, and I'm glad they gave Lever the third star of the game because he absolutely was. Yes. This, it could have easily been not 3 nothing. Like, you know, we're looking at 5 6 7 nothing just because of some of those saves. And he did it all throughout the third period as well. You see him flash the leather, keep keeping pucks out, like diving all over the place, mm-hmm. like trying to do anything to keep his team in it and, you know, give them momentum to at least get on the board. But it uh, was not yep. to be. Um, Again, anyone missed it. It was a 3-0 Hamilton Bulldogs win. I'll quickly go through the score, scoring summary here, and then uh, we'll continue with the experience as well as the game itself. Yeah. Uh, George Diaco continues to be awesome <laughs> for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Sky, I think. Sky was he your wild card, Colin? Or was he your Avery go-to? Hayes. Avery Hayes um, was your wild card guy. McTavish, yeah. was my, McTavish was my go-to. McTavish was my go-to. I feel like Michael Scott there when, like, Jim's my BFF. Dwight's my wild card. But uh, that's what it's like. We do the featured game we're going to watch. We do the video, the previous because it's like, I always got a wild card. But yeah, um, Constantini, who had a yeah. pretty good game. I thought he made some big saves. And uh, Avery Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. So George Diaco got it started 19th of the year. That came at 528. Uh, into period number one. And as you heard off the top, Reed Duthie, uh, all pumped for that. Of course, he was right in front of it. His broadcast booth was in the end where Oshawa defended twice, where the Bulldogs shot twice. And uh, yeah, he was he was right on that play. A beauty pass from Mason McTavish, who gets the lone assist. Again, that would be the eventual game winner. And it was the only goal uh, of the opening 20 minutes. Heading to the second, Logan Morrison gets his 28th of the season. Gavin White, Avery Hayes assisting on the insurance marker, just 4-16 uh, into the second period. And then on the power play, George Diaco. Uh, this one had to be reviewed. Yes. If I'm mista- if not mistaken. Yeah, that's uh, when I tweeted out, goal or no goal. Yeah. The deal or no oh, deal. Right, yeah. yeah. Good point. How <laughs> did I forget fun with that? Review. I couldn't remember if it was one that was cleared off the board or not, but uh, this George Diaco, his second of the year, 20th or second of the game, 20th of the season, White and Shirk assisting on the power play marker uh, late in period number two with just a minute 22 left to play. That would be the end yeah. of the scoring summary. It was a 3 nothing final as no goals uh, were scored in the final 20 minutes. And I'm not chirping the people that played the music there, but could you imagine to have 12,000 fans at that game singing Let It Be during that review? Yeah. It was a lengthy review. It was at least three plus minutes to review. At least. So that would have been pretty cool to get that uh, aspect here in the crowd going like saying uh, let it be because that would have been a perfect opportunity with the with the review going on. Yeah. And that was another cool situation where you got to see the video on the bench, the camera on the bench what they were seeing. And yeah, I didn't really see anything. That was the only thing I would think about that goal is Reese did the stick touch the goalie because like yeah. it, the body positioning the defenseman and see, that's the thing that you always, that's the thing that really bugs you Reese. And you mentioned that a, a fair bit on there when you talk about the defenseman pushing other teams forwards into the goalie, 
That's one of the dirtiest plays in the league. I I honestly think it's a dumb play by the defenseman, like you said. It's just one of those plays that shouldn't happen. And that, in my opinion, was Diaco's not playing body on the goaltender. That's the defenseman pushing him in. So that's that's a goal if it's like that. Yeah. And then possibly the other one, it was just stick on stick. I mean, blocking the pad, blocking the glove, blocking the blocker. But I didn't really see that. So nice goal. Yeah. They had a good goal. I don't know why it took them so long, but it took us 30 seconds to explain it. <laughs> Has a fun way. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Reviews kill that. so much time and it's just an automatic. It kills so much time and you can just do it on the tablet. Fun fact, actually, the NHL, I had no idea. Like they're in house. Like when they challenge it, they go to the tablet and then Toronto can overturn it. That happened with the wings the other day. The game against Calgary. Yeah, game. yeah, it's like it's the they referee or the linesman decision yeah, with depending the on whether it's offside or goaltender interference. Yeah, they just go to the iPad. I know they, they obviously put a headset day. on just so they're in communication with Toronto, but it's fully their call on the mm-hmm. iPad. Yeah, then Toronto takes over. Like if it's like it's weird. Like it's if the referees thing. are being stupid and yeah, or if it's just they see something not challenged, like it's odd. Like I didn't know. Like it kind of confused me the way they said it. Maybe I'm just confused the way I'm talking about it now. I always thought it was on their own, but yeah. Well, I mean, a, a point I wanted to get to, and you mentioned it just before uh, we discussed the review, um, 12,000 plus inside Tim Horton's field. And you heard it when that, that first Viaco goal went in. Uh, they didn't open up the final sections on either side. Which is uh, good. They obviously had the stands open in the end zone behind Marco Costantini twice. Um, nice spot, but but yeah, that that was good. Warm ups, obviously, warm ups. No one seems to want to pay attention to warm ups for some reason. I don't understand that. We were at ice level, so that was pretty sweet. Um, yeah, it was. But yeah, that couldn't have been a better crowd. I thought twelve thousand plus yeah. an outdoor game, Tim Hortons Field. It was a great crowd. Yeah, the atmosphere was incredible. That atmosphere was like going to a Tie Cats game. And anyone that goes to a tie cats game knows there's a lot of chants in the crowd. There's a lot of songs being sung. Yeah. Got the Sweet Caroline going. And if you're a tie cat fan, what you know that when the whole when the whole state. Yeah, true. We put a little <laughs> eerie tie. And hey, by the way, by the way, shout out to the fans wearing their OHL jerseys. We saw yeah. some uh, London Knight jerseys. I saw I saw a couple. I saw C St. Marie jersey. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Seen a Wings like jersey. Very true. Hey. Yep. That's got to be a listener. That's got to be a listener. If you show up, it has to be. Our buddy Ben had his uh, Jerome McGinley jersey on. The Calgary Flames, the old dragon head. Nice. Hey, that's a legendary Calgary Flames jersey. I like the the, uh, reverse retro one they had with the black. That was sharp. I was a big fan of that one. You know, someone who has a real reverse retro jersey. Yeah, Steve Eisman don't care about reverse retro jersey. He's got to do a rebuild. So. But yeah, also in this game, a really good fight, really good fight yeah. between Jack and Butler. That was right square on center ice. What a tilt that one was. I mean, I know I might, I don't think I'll get in trouble for talking about a fight, but I know there hasn't been a lot of fights this year in the Ontario Hockey League, but that crowd was going nuts. Like, I'm not saying like, you had to, have, had like to have one, but you had to have one. At an outdoor game. I was thinking, and right before that situation, I was thinking, I'm surprised because there's a couple guys on Oshawa that were playing like a little feisty there. You can tell there's frustration kicking in. You're outdoors. 
I was surprised there wasn't one earlier than that. I was legit thinking because the commercial breaks, there were two of them. Three. Like, the one. Yeah. The three two, scrapes, a period. Yeah, that was, was rough. Three. I understood yeah. it, but that was rough. It was late. It was a late yeah. night. But I remember it was after the first one. So it was at like a 13 minute mark. And I was thinking, it's a third period. I'm, I'm surprised nobody hasn't scrapped. I'm surprised. And then all of a sudden, Jack and Butler Square. I was like, hey, here we go. But yeah, it was a. It was interesting. It was a good tell. Jack is tough. Butler's tough. Butler can throw him. But yeah. it was a it was a it was a really good game, I thought. I thought Hamilton, if it wasn't for Patrick Lieber, it could have been a lot worse. Nate Oshawa, it's hard, right? When it's an outdoor game, you don't know the setting, but both teams play at the setting. Better team won, in my opinion. Um but I didn't really notice a lot of the quote unquote big guns on Oshawa. Maybe that was the one con of the game because hey, they lost three nothing, right? And I'm sure they would admit it. They they had 18 shots on goal, Oshawa, right? They had 18 shots on goal. I'm sure they would admit that that they that they didn't play good enough. But overall, they'll look back at it. Really good night. Really good experience for the kids. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? It's a lot, once in a lifetime opportunity. A lot of those guys, and probably 95 percent, if not more will never play in an outdoor game in their career. Probably more than that. It's rare. And maybe Mason McTavish will in Anaheim. Yami Sack will get a chance for sure in Montreal. Montreal will get an outdoor game. They'll probably get the next Heritage. It's been a while for Montreal. Yeah, knowing but, Ryan Winterton, uh, Seattle being a new team, who knows? They might get a They play outdoors in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, they might, they might, get, a, they might get a Heritage Vancouver-Seattle. Mm-hmm. But, like, you better play that in Seattle. Indoor, indoor, outdoor games. Oh, what a stupid idea that was. A hey. BC place. That was dumb. Oh, that, oh it wasn't even good. Idiotic. Yeah, that was the year where it was like a outdoor game every other weekend. Felt like I was like, okay, is this over yet? Is this year over with? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was interesting. Good time. Very good. Very good time. I thought it was a good pace of the game. Um, in my opinion, the better team that night won, and. Good game. Good game. That's all I have to say. Good atmosphere. I think it was a success, especially the way it went down, right? We were talking about this, what it took to get through the whole process of getting this game was very, it was, it was harder than you would think, right? I guess that's a good way to put it. It was harder than you would think because with COVID and stuff, you didn't know they were going to play the game first up. And then it was like, okay, the NHL and everyone knows the NHL about it being tough to work with and not tough to work with, but you know what I mean? Like, and obviously it's their brand. It's their game. They're the one that's putting in the hours, building the ice. It's obviously it's their game, but it was really good that the OHL, it's a host city. They have an OHL team in the city that they got to play there. Really good idea. Um, it took a while because the, the road to it, I mean, right. Like it had to be, the game itself, the NHL game itself had to be sold out or 95% full. I don't even know if it was 95% full, to be honest. It was bad weather, but like it was so much money ticket price where I, it honestly helped the OHL game because mm-hmm. of the ticket pricing. I mean, it costs like $200 to sit the last row of the stadium. And I mean, anyone that's at the Morton Field knows you're sitting up high. You're feeling that wind all night long. Anyway, you sit there, I guess, but. That was a, it was a major roadblock for the game. And then when COVID hit, we had to shut down no fans. And it was like six weeks before the game, we're thinking, 
are they going to play this game? Like, I don't think they're going to, right? Because, like, before with the pandemic, there's a kit, it starts to spike, right? And then all of a sudden, we're shut down, there's a lockdown. But it was great. It was a great experience. It was nice for Hamilton ownership to come out and say, hey, this is a celebration that we want to get over COVID. It's a thank you to the citizens of Hamilton, um, everyone apart that's went through the pandemic. And the fact that this is a night to come out, enjoy the sport you love, and enjoy the team that you love to cheer for. It doesn't matter if you cheer for the Bulldogs, the Generals, just come out and watch them play. And there was a really good support. It was cool. The Memorial Cup was there. The Jay Ross was there. Um, all the trophies were there. You could shoot in the dryer. It was good. It was. We were going to do that after the preview. We were going to shoot in the dryer, but it wasn't up yet. But, yeah, it was a really good atmosphere. And uh, enjoyed it. And um, thanks for having us there. The Hamilton Bulldogs. It was a fun atmosphere, that's for sure. Great to be a part of it. Yeah, it was. Thanks to Reed Duffy and everyone uh, uh, behind the scenes for getting the event going. Steve Steos, of course, Michael Anlauer, uh, owner of the Hamilton yeah. Bulldogs. That that was pretty cool to be a part of. Um, so hopefully it can happen again. I mean, we'll have that debate, I'm sure, maybe in the next couple moments here. But uh, I did look it up. Heritage Classic was sold out. Uh, full twenty six. Full 26,119 fans at Tim Hortons Field on the Sunday. Uh, and I also wanted to shout this out uh, before we, you know, hit the break eventually and get on to a different topic. Uh, Arthur Cholak uh, of the Barry Colts dropping the yes. puck at the NHL game. Um, that, that was pretty sweet. The native of Ukraine dropping the puck before the Sabres and Leafs did battle. Uh, that was really cool. So shout out to him. Number 91 of the Barry Colts, Arthur Cholak. Uh, yeah, that was awesome, man. Yep. Very. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Reese. I mean, yeah, that was right on. Get moved by the NHL. Get moved by everybody. They tried to keep it on the low and eh? they tried to keep it yeah. on the low. They, I think they notified the Barry Colts like last Monday. I believe it was last Monday. They tried to keep it on the low. Right. And then, yeah, it was a good time. Very good. Uh, very good decision. Class act move. That's for sure. All right, again, final 3-0 Hamilton defeats Oshawa outside at Tim Hortons Field at the Outdoor Showcase in Hamilton. Now, we're going to discuss this because we did it with photographer Matt Hiscox, of course, the uh, media guru and uh, photographer with the London Majors, photographer with the London Knights, uh, was there uh, for around the OHL at Tim Hortons Field for the Outdoor Showcase. Um, Some cool pictures, too. That's some yeah. good ones. Yeah, very few photographers went up to the stands and got the shot of the opening face-off. He showed me that. I go, that is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's cool. So we had this debate with him, kind of, you know, of course, with him in London and Wardy in London. We figure, oh, okay, outdoor game. Oh, Un University of Western Ontario, uh, Labatt Park as an option potentially. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't have a crowd like you did at Tim Hortons Field if we played at Labatt Park, but still a historic stadium. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, I think this is up for debate. Obviously, we can discuss for sure Heritage Classics in the future. Uh, you talk about BMO Field in Toronto. I'm sure the Leafs will be hosting one. Oh, actually, they didn't even really host Sunday because the Sabres were the home team. Um, you talk about TD Place in Ottawa. You could have one there. Coming but, at the uh, ballpark in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Uh, but what other places, besides those three big markets where you 
you know you're so, going to have a chance to get NHL teams to play. You know, whether you go Leafs and Sabres again, if they ever do it at Tim well, Hortons Field again, here, I don't know. But yeah, here's my here's my great. I think, and I know it's already happened three times. And, um, I think a, the best scene would be for the, in the Ontario Hockey League. To, for it to happen again, and obviously this only happened if the OHL piggybacks on an NHL event. There, I don't. The funding isn't there to do one just an OHL game on its own. It just it does. It's not going to happen. But one game that would be really cool would be if the Detroit Red Wings, about five six years from now. I mean, you think about that: Cider, Raymond, Edmondson, Soderblom, Larkin. Like they'll be loaded against a Toronto Maple Leaf team at Labatt Park. And then have the Knights and Storm play would be probably the best one. Because London Guelph, London Guelph, it feels like is the, that rivalry. Yeah. And Guelph travels pretty well. Um, I think that would be a really cool atmosphere there. But it makes sense for ticket purposes to play at TD, the Western University Stadium. Also, another one is Guelph playing host to Kitchener at the, at the university campus. That football field's big enough. It's hosted events before. It hosted the Thai Cats. Yeah, hosted Thai Cats for a year, and I think that would be a really cool perspective because, so the but the one locker room in Guelph is you have to walk down through the concourse. Can you imagine a long walk between both teams walking out of the same tunnel? And it's it's quite a walk. It's quite a walk. It's almost like Flint's walk. From the arena, from like the dressing room to the ice, it's a long walk. Can you imagine that atmosphere, right? Guelph and Kitchener, that'd be a really cool, be a university type atmosphere there too. Yeah, I think that would be a nice place. And also, I was thinking Ottawa, right? Ottawa, the Senators, they hosted one before against Montreal, but and I know Ottawa Gatineau have played, but could the outdoor game between Ottawa and Kingston mm-hmm. could be really intriguing yeah. because. You could have the Senators playing there, and the Senators are another team that are going to be good in about six years. They'll be really good in six years. Think about that, where they can host an outdoor game, maybe against like Boston. Come over, Boston's always good. And then have the front knacks play the 67th. Great atmosphere. I think that's another place. Also, like it's tough, right? Because like North Bay Sudbury would be a really good one, geographics wise. Like, I really like that idea. But it's tough with the funding, right? And the NHL won't put a Heritage Classic in North Bay or Sudbury, unfortunately, because right, it's hard because the the stadiums, right, and the capacity. But hopefully, they could because that would be a cool that would be a really cool place. Like if you're drawing up dream dream matchups, then another one. If you're gonna look stateside, if you're gonna look stateside, Erie's a place. Erie SeaWolves. That arena is connected to the ballpark. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And look. Le- the one point too is sorry, Reese, but my last point about Labatt Park is they would have to add a lot of bleachers in through the center field. And then when you add bleachers in the center field, it takes that backdrop away. Yeah. It takes that well, backdrop that, away. That's what most people it's are gonna go there for. That's what that's why most people enjoy majors games so much, is they'll look up and holy crap, guys London. And it's like so nice. Yeah, it is. And it's a really nice park, but sitting on those metal bleachers. In the winter, yeah, time I felt for the people fun. behind uh, behind the bulldogs. Yes, and, uh, on the metal bleachers, fun. no back, no thanks. Yeah, that's not fun. That would be the one thing. Okay, now it's like minus ten out. You want to go sit outside 
for a few hours and watch a hockey game with metal bleachers, that might be a tough one. And plus, where do you warm up in for that part? Nowhere. Where would you be able to warm up? Yeah, it would be even very Tim tough. Hortons Fields iffy. Yeah, and plus it is lot, covered. The but... clubhouse is pretty small, to be honest. Yeah. The clubhouse isn't the biggest. So you imagine Ooh, you put any I can I can say the road one is not big enough for that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one thing where it's like, okay, TV makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, the state, the university campus makes a lot of sense, but uh, the Labatt Park that'll be interesting. But it would be a really cool scene. And obviously, this is if it was a Heritage Classic, that's more of a dream. So, but those are some ideas that would be really cool to see. I think for sure. Oh yeah, and we can go on and on about favorable matchups in terms of oh yeah, you know, having outdoor games. You could think of obviously Flint Saginaw is an easy one to pick. You think Windsor Sarnia do it at the University of Windsor? Um, yeah, yeah. I think the list just goes on and on. Um, you could have like a Mississauga Niagara take it back to the Mississauga Ice Dogs days and do kind Ooh. of something like that. Have Don Where Cherry play the that? centerpiece of that? That'd be pretty cool. I'd be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah, that'd be really good. Where would it be? What? Ooh, that's the Niagara one. doesn't have anywhere. There's no because yeah, Mississauga doesn't have football. Mississauga, like then, University of Toronto. Yeah, like I, you, you could say BMO Field, but yeah, that'd be the only spot with the Heritage Classic to be before, or possibly a Winter Classic beforehand, right? Yeah, that's true. That's tough. Imagine they did at Rogers Center. They had half the roof open. That'd be hey, wild. That would honestly be a really cool environment at Rogers Center. The concrete jungle gets open. Oh, God. <laughs> the quote. Yeah, right. The headline. But, yeah. Very cool. I hope there's more. But it's likely that this happens. Like a one in how many years? Yeah. Like once every 15 years you get this opportunity. I mean, it's very rare to hear classic quiz every three, four years. Like the odds of it coming back to Ontario anytime soon, it seems like it's a bit. Like it seems like it's a bit of a reach. So hopefully soon, hopefully there's another one. But it's going to be exciting, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, time for a break. When we come back, thoughts on other things that happened on the weekend. Uh, we'll get to suspensions. Ooh, Brant Clark. Ooh. Um, of course, we'll get to the players of the week and then into our featured game to round out the show. You are listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL and 60 podcast. Link trees there. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we're probably there. Uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and of course the Bulldogs Audio Network. And the YouTube page. Second game day preview we did on Monday. Uh, going to start to become more of a regular thing. Of course, being at the arena makes it look that much better. Uh, but yeah. We'll get there. Video aspect is coming despite being two guys who have faces for radio. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah. 
think that's the first thing we said too. Hey, we took the face of the radio and put it on, right. put, put it, it on YouTube. Put it on Is camera. that a good idea? Surprised my lens on my phone hasn't broken yet. Holy. <laughs> That's a good wow. one. Wow. $1,500 phone. It better not break. Yeah, that, very true. That's very true. All right. Uh, get to our thoughts on the weekend other than that awesome outdoor showcase at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, biggest thing I want to note uh, is top four in the Eastern Conference are in, and that is it. Yeah. Bulldogs, 78 points. Of course, as of 8.30 on Wednesday, North Bay, they've got 72. Mississauga, 72. And the Kingston Frontenac sitting at 71. The West teams will start to – they will start to pick up. They'll start to get the X next to their team name on the OHL website. But – Yeah, very soon. What do you make of that? I mean, we've seen a very strong top of the Eastern Conference this year so far, Colin, but to get – Four in a row out of the East to kick things off. We haven't even seen one from the West yet. I mean, well, West that I, close or is the East that good? I think the West is a lot closer. I think the West, the competition is a lot closer. I mean, we talked about it almost weekly about the Erie Otters being one of the – they could win a playoff round. And they're in the eighth spot. It's just very close. I mean, the Kitchener Rangers are in ninth, right? Right now, tonight, we're recording Wednesday night. It Right now, they're – in the ninth spot, it's just the way and they're losing it's to tenth very... place Saginaw as we speak. Yeah, and now it's it's a tight spot. It's just a tight conference. It's very tough hockey, and it's not against the East. The East has had a lot more long winning streaks, in my opinion. It's really helped the East. You saw some ten game winning streaks this year in the East, where mm-hmm. the West you really haven't saw that much. Right, and the ten games are very hard. Right, it's hard to win ten games in a row, but we have saw that in the Eastern Conference. With that being said, the Kingston Frontenacs, they clinch. They clinch, right? They're in fourth right now, and they've been so unsteady this year, right? It's been like, okay, they're done. They're done. Oh, they're going to win. The, they're going to win. They're going to win. Oh, no, they're done, right? They've been so unsteady. They've been so inconsistent at times where it's like, I don't know what they are, but they're in. So it's closer than you think. But, yes, the Eastern Conference, in my opinion, a reason why, those teams are clinched because they've had those big winning streaks. Right? North Bay's went on a big point streak before. Mississauga, right? Hamilton, they just got done a big winning streak. It's been, it's just one of those things where those teams have had big winning streaks in the Eastern Conference where you really haven't saw that in the West. Yes, you saw a few teams, but let's say around Christmas time, right? Before the Christmas break, Guelph was the team to beat, right? Guelph's in fifth right now. Um, before that, the start of the year, London. London was the team to beat in the league. Everyone said London's the most established. The Knights are reeling right now. They're in trouble. The London Knights are in trouble right now. And people don't think they are. They are. Watch them play. Their defense cannot make a pass. It was like the Friday night game against Sue. Remember when we did the featured game on the Saturday the next night? Yep. It was like that. Remember the night before? They could not make a pass. Then the next night, all of a sudden, oh, Brett Brochu, right? Brett Brochu. And now Brett Brochu's out. Let's see what happens, right? But that's a situation. The Knights, they're in trouble. There's a bunch of teams, right, where it's, like, consistent. Now Flint's on a roll, right? Flint's in first place. How long do they keep it? No team's really been able to grab a hold of that Western Conference where the East, it's similar, but the East has been three or four teams. Look at the start of the year for the Barry Colts, right? The Barry Colts, everyone's everyone in the media pool had Barry finishing high. I didn't quite see it. 
I knew they were going. Well, I had to Marty Williamson winning coach of the year. Yeah. And it, it was kind of odd, in my opinion, that a lot of people had. And yes, Marty Williamson's a great coach. And yes, he should win coach of the year at that time. Obviously, yeah, it's a good vote. My opinion is on the team. I, I didn't think the team on paper was better than a Hamilton. And Mississauga had a tough start, right? Mississauga had a tough start. Then they went on a big winning streak. But it's been a lot of ups and downs. I just think that's what it is. It's going to go down right to the final weekend like it always does, but there's going to be more teams involved, and that's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. And as we take it back to the trade deadlines, we move forward in the season, right? We mentioned Christmas. We mentioned the break. We mentioned after the New Year's, right? We get through all that. Now we get the trade deadline time. Trade deadline time, there were a lot of teams in it, but a lot of teams didn't make the move, right? Mm-hmm. Hamilton. Hamilton was basically the only team that really made up all-in pursuit. Obviously, there's more. But Hamilton, in my opinion, was the one team that legit went all-in. I mean, you're talking Arbor Jack, I for a boatload of picks, plus Navarro Mutter, right? And then you're talking about Mason McTavish, where it's like, oh, wow. And then the one question was with Sudbury, with Chase Stillman, right? Stillman going to Peterborough. This isn't a knock at Peterborough because Peterborough, I think, can compete in games. I think Peterborough is similar to Erie. What Erie is in the West. I think that's Peterborough in the East. I think Peterborough is going to be a tough out. And they showed that month. They showed that Tuesday night beating Hamilton. They can do. They can steal games. They can steal games. And that's a squad there where they go out and get Stillman. But Sudbury, they had a lot of offers from teams in the Western Conference. They had a. They had deals done, but they waited to the last minute. So yeah, they it's waited kind too of long. on them. Yes. Yes, they waited too long to do a deal. And majority of the trade rumors were Stillman going to the Western Conference. Right? Jack Thompson goes to Sue. If you get some more pieces in the West from the East, you see that, right? You look at the moves around the deadline. Oscar Olson goes to Oshawa from Barry. McDonald goes from Kitchener to Barry. There really wasn't a lot of moves coming over. From the east to the west, yeah, Parrot went to Windsor, but that's say you look even earlier. Look even earlier, Guzda going from Owen Sound in the west to Barry in the east, right? That that gives yeah, away exactly. one of the best goaltenders in the Ontario Hockey League, and he just switched conferences. Exactly, and remember at the start of the year when we said who's the best goalie in the Western Conference, and we said Ben Goudreau and Brett Brochu, and then after that, and then after that, it was a lot of question marks. Okay, what if, right? What if, if you're thinking what if, I don't think you're a contender because. Every team we talked about winning the OHL Cup, it wasn't a what-if situation in that. And if you, this is the point when, and I like this conversation because we're really breaking it down, right? We're really breaking down what the, each team is and why the conference is what it is because it's such a big difference. Where I think Hamilton now is established, and they got off to that get, they got the jockey out, they got the horse off, and the race is quick, and that's a that's very big, and it's showing right now. The East, yeah, they just had more winning streaks in the West. That's my answer. And then the rest was all in depth to why. Well, well, I think I think too, looking at the Eastern Conference standings for anyone wondering, uh, the difference between fourth place Kingston and fifth place Barry uh, is eleven points. Barry Colts currently sitting at six point or sixty points, uh, rather I should say. Flint Flint will get there. I think they have a chance to get there within the next week and a half, two weeks. Uh, they sit at seventy four. Uh, obviously, London. Uh, Brett Brochu, we they need to get it together. Not sure. Sounds like he may be not 
gone the rest of the regular season, but at least a good chunk of it. And you can say goodbye to those 40 wins that we talked about uh, last yeah. week or the week before that. Uh, that's not going to happen. He's actually now tied with Luke Cavillan and the Flint Firebirds, 29 wins each. <laughs> Cavillan, I can easily see now uh, taking home uh, that honor, most wins this season in the Ontario Hockey League. So, yeah, you hit the you hit it right on, Colin. You saw the streaks in the East, Hamilton, North Bay, Mississauga, Kingston. Yeah, it's they're on a different level than a lot than the rest of the Ontario Hockey League. I mean, you look at yeah. a Final Four in the Eastern Conference. You got those four teams. I, I'm down for that because that'll that'll be really exciting. A, even when you get down to the conference finals uh, and you're yeah, down to two teams in each conference, that'll that'll really open it up, yeah. and that'll you could book it that it'll be seven games. Well, and the problem is, the problem is, those teams in the Eastern Conference are good. Those teams in the Eastern Conference are good, but there's only one team in the top 10 from the East. There's only two teams this week in the top 10 in the Ontario Hockey League. That is the Hamilton Bulldogs, who are in second, and the Flint Firebirds. I think that's a joke, but everyone knows my opinion on the rest. say Flint Firebirds 8-2 in their last 10, and it's, we've already established that it's based off recency yeah. bias. Uh, the North Bay Battalion are also hey, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I was right there hey. with you, Wardy. I was yeah, right hey, there. That with was you. like that was like the middle infield that's turning a double play right there. I felt like I was the second baseman giving the shortstop a flip there at the bag. But yeah, eight and two in their last ten, five in a row. How are the North Bay Battalion not on that list? And honorable mentions, yeah, that's just a consolation. That's just a consolation. Hey, I want the big dance. I want the top 10, right? I'm looking at the top 10. I'm not looking at the honorable mentions, right? I want that number. I want that number there. I want to see them rise up, you know? I was going to say, I don't juice. know if this is true, but that top 10 position might sell a few extra tickets on a given night. Exactly. The Kings of Front Knights have won four in a row. They've won four games in a row. Why not? Why not? They have Shane Wright. Everyone's known Shane Wright was going first overall in the, in the NHL draft. Well, to be determined, but speculated since when four years ago now since before minor midget, we got exceptional status the year before exceptional status. Everyone knew he was going to get exceptional status. UC Lee major even though he's playing a year up. Yeah. But the point is like, why not get those guys on TV? Connor Bedard is out lighting it up in the dub. Let's see him on a TSN game. Let's see him out there, right? Let's see him. Yeah. I want to see the guy. I want to see those prospects play, right? I want to see those guys. And it's interesting because everyone talks about them. So let's see those guys. And I think those rankings, everyone knows what I think. I mean, you and I both, everyone knows what we think of those. So it is what it is. We can't say anything. I mean, we can just say it, but we can't do anything. So that's unfortunate. But I, it would be an honor to do those rankings because it would be different. And it wouldn't be biased. It honestly wouldn't be biased. I mean, it would be fun to watch the Q more and watch the dub more and have it all in one. It's interesting, that's for sure. On the yeah. next thoughts of the week. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I was gonna I was gonna roll right into it. I mean, talk about Owen Sound. They they hit a rough patch. Uh they're seven, one, one, and one in their last ten yes. games. They have points in nine straight games, sixth place in the Western Conference, three points behind the Gulf Storm. Storm do have two games in hand, but you're looking at the team chasing them. Yes, the Sarnia Sting are eight points behind the attack. The attack also have played three more games. So, I mean, Sarnia hasn't really played consistently well enough to be in the middle three. Uh, you know, the, I see them being a 7-8 team. Obviously, 
they'll be battling it out with Kitchener and yeah. Erie. But <laughs> yeah, the Owen Sound attack. Hey. Uh, I mean, up in like their roller coaster this year. I mean, they're going to get to thirty wins, I think. Once again, shocker. Yeah, once again. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it, it's wild to see that. I mean, they're minus in goals for and against. They're minus eighteen on the season as the sixth place team, which really isn't that bad, but um, yeah, to be in a position, 58 points, points in the last nine, they're rolling at the right time. They've only got 13 games left to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's wild, right? It's close. No one sounds that team reach where, it's consistency, right? We expected that with a young roster. How would they how would they be, right? What would mm-hmm. they be like? You knew with a young roster that's transitioning, because last year, if we play, there's probably not a 30 win season in Owen Sound. They would have been okay. I thought they were I mean Guzda, Parrot, Woolly. Maybe it's not fair to say it wouldn't have been, but it would have been kind of where they are now. But with the ups and downs with the transition, a lot of good young talent. By the way, one of my thoughts on the weekend, Colby Barlow breaking the scoring record. Congrats to Colby Barlow. Not a big deal. He <laughs> scored Wednesday night as well. So 25 on the year for Colby Barlow. I mean, that's probably one of my rookie of the year votes, to be honest. You have a, you have a guy that's, that's a natural rookie, I guess, this year, scoring 25 goals. That's a stud. That's a stud. Him and Cam Allen are probably my two up there right now. So, uh, and that's, that's no surprise, I don't think, for the listeners, Scam Allen. No, no, but Owen Sound's that team where you expected some turbulence, right? You expected, okay, we get takeoff, we're going to win a couple in a row, then we're going to get some turbulence, you're going to lose a couple, then we're going to do a smooth sailing, there's some turbulence, and then what's the promise line? What is, what, is the end, what is the end result? We don't know yet, right? Hey, you're making chili, right? You get the onions, you get the, thing, you get the beans, you get the meat. Let's mix it all together. Let's see what you get, right? Let's see the final product. That's what we're waiting for. We'll see. That's where they are. They're unmade chili. <laughs> By comparison. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have too much else from the weekend. A lot of prep was being done going into the outdoor showcase. So unfor- I didn't watch as much hockey as I normally do. But, uh, Wardy, what else you got from this weekend? Oh, I have a few going on. So – we talked about Brett Brochu going down. He's out five to six weeks. He had surgery on Monday, I believe, from the Fowler Kennedy Clinic in London. Um, I believe Ryan Payette tweeted out, and if you want to check that out, go check Ryan Payette out on Twitter because I believe he tweeted out the whole details about the situation there with Brett Brochu. Hoping, hoping back for the playoffs, right, at the end of the regular season, they're hoping for. And that's the one question I have. So – if it stays the same, the standings, which there's a good chance, there's a good chance. If the London Knights play the Sarnia Sting without Brett Brochu, that's a series they may not win. If they play like the way they are, it might not be a good result for the London Knights. Sarnia Sting have their number. They have their number this year. Yeah. Plain and simple, they match up well against London. They're the top line in the top defensive pair for the Sarnia Sting, have played the Evangelista line pretty difficult. I would say they've given them fits. You don't really see Luke Evangelista. Yeah, you do. And you see Sean McGurn, I guess, the odd time after whistle, give a tap to an opposing player. But you don't see Luke Evangelista give a tap or a little shot to the opposing goaltender in Ben Goudreau, which he did on the weekend. 
So that was one thing that rang alarms to me. London's frustrated against Sarnia that I can clearly tell because you don't really see a captain in Luke Evangelista, who's the MVP, in my opinion, this year in the league. It's, I'm just saying all my player award votes this year, right now, <laughs> just to get it out of the way, I guess. But um, you don't really see that too often, right, from Luke Evangelista. So that was interesting. I know there's frustration there. But, yeah, can London, can London dig down deep? Let's see how deep they are too, right? Can they dig deep? And how deep is the London Knights? We're finally seeing that. I mean, Logan Mayu is out tonight, I believe, Wednesday night against the Guelph Storm. I haven't checked because we're recording. But it's interesting because he'll be back soon. I know he brought his bag to the arena. He was going to take warm-ups. I don't know if he did or not. Obviously, if he's in, he did. But he took his bag to the arena. So we'll see if he's in or out. But um, that's interesting. Hopefully, he's back for the weekend then. If he brought his if he brought his bag intended to take the warm up, yeah, he'll be back for he'll be back for the weekend. You would imagine, so that helps them. But they got they got to get some guys playing better as well. They got to get some young guys playing better. They need more production out of their veteran defense as well, and they got to make better first pass. But can they do it? That's the big question. And let us know what you think as well. I mean, I know we get a lot of people from London that listen to the show. Let us know what you think of the London Knights as well. Because it's an interesting situation right now. And we said last week, I never saw a London forward core so small before, right? So that's another interesting thing, right? Do they have what it takes? Well, well, I think also another conversation for the Knights is we talked about this quite a bit about how big their defense is. And yeah, you talk about it. Like it's It's like, like, yeah, they're twice the size if you want to talk about it that way. And I guess, of course, it helps in practice. Yeah. Well, and, and you're going to go up against the top teams, and we we're going to compare them to the Hamilton Bulldogs because they're the standard right now in terms of thank you, yes, in terms of defense. Like it's not even they close. Um, and and you compare the Knights to them, and are are they really as close as you think they are? Despite well, them having quite a bit of size on Honestly, the back end, I I don't think it's it's not far, but it's not really close. I don't think it's close either, to be honest. I mean, I don't want to be hot take Howie tonight, but I might have to put my hot that's take solid. That's a solid thing. I like that. Yeah, we might have to keep that. We might have to keep the hot take Howie. Yeah. Point of it. But get sponsored by Howie's. But I just think that, like, Hamilton, we don't really know what Marco Constantini is on a consistent basis. Short term, he can put those games together. But since we never played last year, we don't know what he is in the playoffs. We don't know that. Yeah. And that's the one question that I want to see. Is he getting the playoffs? Because – London, no, everyone knows London can score any given night. They can break out or something. They can beat you eight too. Everyone knows that it's close. So can Constantini win those games? If Hamilton has to play on their heels in a game, can they win those games? Because they really haven't been on their heels, right? They really haven't. And also, can Brett Brochu, similar to what London Knights fans saw in 2016 when Tyler Parsons had to steal games against the Erie Otters? In 2017, it was – Right, he had how did he have he had to steal games and they lost in seven games to Erie. He got peppered. He had a sixty save shutout game one. They won one nothing. Like he'll have to put numbers up like that against Hamilton Brett Brochet. He'll have to do it, and that's the question, right? It's very tough to do. I believe right now if they played with Brochu in the lineup, and I've been fortunate enough to see both teams play a lot this year. I think that the right now Hamilton wins in five with London's full lineup. With London's full lineup, I think Hamilton wins in five. 
Hamilton's legit. It's like I watched the I watched Jonathan Oilkins play the other day, and they were really like it was a good hockey game. I mean, they're the top team in the rankings, right? So we're gonna go by the rankings, okay? Um, that's a game. That's a game that would be interesting to see because you got Costa Net, you have Gooley. They have some guys and neighbors. They have some really not a big deal. Ain't not a big deal. They have some guys there. And that would be the matchup that I would want to see. But right now, looking at it, the West has some te- – the WHL has some teams in it. But Hamilton, I think, is just miles above right now. And I know they lost to Peterborough on Tuesday. But you got to think of this. They just got out of the most historic game in OHL history. Most historic regular season game in OHL history. They just got out of And that night after the game – that environment was a blur. The fans by the tunnel there, flooding the field. Like, they didn't get out of there until late. I mean, I think I got home in it like 50, like at least half hour from the arena, from the stadium to your place, like half hour. It was like 1130. Yeah. It was like 1130. Like, I didn't get home till like 12. Like, it was a late night, and those players didn't probably get out of the arena, out of the stadium till around twelve, right? Like at least. Mm-hmm. So, it's a late night, and then you're back well, on the road in Peterborough. Yeah, we saw night. we saw both teams. They were hanging out. You know, the yeah, Bulldogs were off the ice. The Generals were off the ice, and then they went back on the ice. But yeah, both teams were out there. I remember Reed Duffy trying to get a press conference going, the OHL trying to get a press conference going. Yeah, well, good luck with that because Jay McKee and all the players are still on the ice. They're still yeah, the, out, yeah, press outside. So, Yeah, it was tough. Like, that's why I give them credit. And also, Michael Simpson played really good in that game. That was my other note. That, and I had that there. I might as well go through the thought of the weekend. My, my third and four. That's my third. But Michael Simpson's game Tuesday night against the Hamilton Bulldogs might be a season-changing game for the Peterborough Peaks because the Peterborough Peaks should have beat the Oshawa Generals. They were up 3-1 on Sunday. Yeah. They should have won that game. They should have won that game. And Michael Simpson on Tuesday beating the Hamilton Bulldogs was massive, in my opinion. It, it makes you think, can Michael Simpson yeah. win a game in a series against the Hamilton Bulldogs? Because right now – That's that round one number one right season, now. Yeah. Yeah, right now we mentioned the two versus seven in the West. One versus eight. Can they win? Can he win a game against Hamilton Bulldogs? That's the one question, and uh, that's that is yet to be seen. But Michael Simpson, look out for his game. Don't be surprised. Pay attention to him because he might be a guy that you find out in the playoffs and like, oh, this kid's good. He's the next stud out of Peterborough, right? Hunter Jones has been there. Dylan Wells has been there. He's the next guy, right? Get excited, Peterborough. And also, um, my last thought: the Alliance series. I mean, I've been covering a lot. I'm not covering. I haven't really been public on like Twitter and stuff, but I've been going to a lot of Alliance games this year because it's close and geographic. It's easy when there's no HL games. It's perfect. And they're right? really good. Yeah. Um, every series was a sweep, but the Brantford 99ers series and the London Junior Knights sweeping the Cambridge. Um, they get the first round. They get the first. Uh, they get the first OHL better, uh, birth. I guess I should say. Uh, spit it out, Colin. <laughs> yeah, they get the first OHL berth. Make fun of myself, but um, first OHL berth for the London Junior Knights. Well deserved. They have some exceptional status guys up there. We will see. We will see if that happens. But um, that's something to look out for in London Junior Knights. First OHL berth in the Alliance.
Yeah, that's right yeah, that's on. That's awesome. Uh, can't wait for a series that involves the Junior Knights and the 99ers. I am all for that as Bordy celebrates a London Knights goal by Isaiah George. They currently lead 3-2 hey, as we're recording on Wednesday, not, March 16th. It's not, it's not celebrating the goal. It's Isaiah George scoring a goal. Oh, the oh, very sharp angle as oh, well. Right. Listens to the crowd. That's solid. That's Sally. See Baber's Sally too. That's a seventeen-year-old Sally. How are you? Holy crap, Woody! Yeah. But no, my opinion is, I was pumped to see Isaiah George score. Isaiah George, everyone keeps sleeping on him, right? He's a good draft pick. I keep watching him play. The more I watch him play. This guy's a guy that you got to take a chance on. No one's talking about him in the no one. None of these scouts are talking about him that are in the media. I want to quote unquote. I want to see. I want to see more Isaiah George talks. Isaiah George is a star in the making. I mean, you saw that goal there. He sneaks pucks through gaps easily from the point. Mm-hmm. He's going to run that power play next year for the London Knights and watch out because that's a kid that's really good. I'm just pumped to see Isaiah George score. When Cam Allen scores in about a couple of minutes, you wait. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> He's uh, my guy. Uh, from that, from there, we will move on uh, to the suspensions. And uh, we may chat about this for a little bit longer than we probably should, but uh, we'll do it anyways. And we'll start with the eight gamer. Uh, this is the big Clark, one. Get it out of the way. Uh, with the hit on Jan Mishak, he will be that power play a minute in on the 27th. Um, eight. Okay. What? What do you think? I zero to two games. Grant Clark gets eight games for this. And this is a talking, this is the discussion point throughout the whole OHL since this went down. And as it goes quiet, because in my opinion, I don't think it's anything. I think it's zero in the NHL. When Grant Clark is playing for the LA Kings, that's not even a penalty. That's a clean hit. That hit, is on TSN as the plays of the night. That's in, that's in the hit of the night. So what's the point, right? That's a clean hit, in my opinion. That's a hit where 10 years ago in the Ontario Hockey League, it's all over the place with a good hit. It's just normal. It's just normal. When Nikita Zadorov played in the Ontario Hockey League, that hit was like a child's hit for him. He made those hits in peewee, right? Like a big six foot seven out of Russia. I mean... Zadorov was a monster. Obviously, it's hard to say that. But, like, come on. Like, I don't think that's a bad hit. I think when you look at a player, and I don't know what goes in, and I wish I could sit in the room when they make these uh, discipline hearings. I really wish I could listen to those to see why and ask why. Can you imagine the media could ask why a guy got suspended? Like, a a questionable hit, why it was eight games. Why? So, I want to know why. Because – my first thought was Hamilton forward. I don't think we can mention. I don't think we'll mention names, eh? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton forward. In my opinion, looks like he is going down. As Brent oh, Clark is going. I thought you meant the in. hit. Oh, I already said who the hit was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But Yami Shack is going down. It looks like toward the shoulder and elbow as a player as a hitter when you got a guy on the trolley tracks you're going you're finishing you're finishing your hit 
you are finishing your hit. When you look at Brant Clark's eyes when he's sizing Jan Mishak as he's coming around that semicircle, he sees he sees a shoulder. And when you watch the video in slow motion, I watched the video 20 times today in slow motion. Every time I said that's a clean hit, that's not even a penalty. Mm-hmm. It was I mean, you look at his eyes, look at the eyes. You can you have so many cameras where you can just stop. You can stop, you can press stop and look at his eyes. And you can see it. You can see his eyes looking right at his shoulder. You can see the body lining up right with his shoulder. As you can see, I'm losing my voice from the outdoor game and all the stuff that's going on. But it was shoulder to shoulder, in my opinion, until last second, Yami Sack sees him coming. Probably doesn't want to get hit. Probably doesn't want to get hit as I'm getting interrupted by a dog. But he probably doesn't want to have a pet. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, another reason why you got to go – you can't just go down. You got to finish the hit. I think Yami Sack tried to get out of a hit and tried to spin out of it and went down and met the, met the shoulder in between the shoulder and elbow part. I honestly thought it was a clean hit. My opinion, I still thought it was shoulder to shoulder. I thought Yami Sack got hurt when, it, when he hit the ice after the hit, which happens, right? It happens. But I don't know that part. I don't want to get into that part. I don't think it's right for me to get into that part, but I just think, in my opinion, watching that hit, I didn't see it dirty when you stop it and watch it like 20-plus times in slow motion when you can see his eyes. Legit. If you watch the hit, stop it right when he sees Yami Shack coming. Stop it. Look at look at Brant Clark's position and, st- and watch what he is doing on that play. He is not trying to go to the head at all. His eyes are looking right at his shoulder, and in my opinion, that's a zero gamer. That's not even a penalty two years ago. Before COVID, that is not even a penalty. So I want to know, what is the standard? What is the standard, right? If we're going to call that eight games and then Ty McSorley hits a guy and it's not even – and then it's a two-minute penalty behind the net, open ice hit. If we're calling those, it's a dangerous game. It is a dangerous game because Monday night, I'm standing there by the benches on ice at ice level at, at Tim Hortons Field. And I'm seeing a fight between Cam Butler and Arbor Jacki, and I see a hit right in front of me, and the crowd is loving it. And obviously, you can't have players getting hurt. You cannot have that at all. And I'm not saying that, but you turn around, you look at the crowd. You look at the crowd, right? No one's going to the washroom. No one's getting a beer. No one's getting a pizza, right? No one's getting popcorn and nachos, right? No one's going to the buffet. <laughs> You're watching the hockey game. You're watching the hockey game, and it draws eyes, right? It's a big selling point. And I've been to London about 20 times. I've been to 50 games this year. I, I don't think I've saw one sold out, right? It's a question. It really is. And I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just saying my opinion on the matter. I Obviously, player safety, number one. Yes. Two, I thought it was a clean hit. Zero games, in my opinion. Zero game. I don't know how it's eight games. I, honestly, I don't. I'm baffled by it. I keep, like, I don't know why. Why eight? Why eight games for Brant Clark? Right? He's a first-round pick. Why? As I take over the Reese's rant. But why? Why eight games? Where do we get eight from? <laughs> I don't know. Don't have an answer for you, Wardy. Um, I know. Like, it's- Wardy's the only one who can see this, by the way. For everyone listening, 
I just sat back on my couch and put on the Knights and Storm game while Wardy was Wardy he was going out there for a second. Um, it's just a oh, and then Wednesday night we missed an inadvertent hide stick. So I'm not bashing anyone. I know it's tough, and I know the game moves quick, and I, I know that, and I respect referees. I respect the officials. Hey, it's the best league in the world. The OHL is the best hockey league in the world. I love the league. That's why we cover the league. That's why we started the show. It is the best league in the world, in my opinion. I watch OHL games over the NHL. If I were to watch an OHL game, let's say Saturday, Saturday, Sudbury, Niagara play eight, the ninth and tenth seeds in the Eastern Conference. I would watch that game over a Detroit Red Wing game. And I'm a Red Wings fan. That's the OHL to me. I love the league. It's the best league in the world. I'm passionate about it. We're both passionate about it. It's our league. I just don't like that. I honestly, I don't like it. It's okay. It's okay. to know, It's okay to be upset about a call. It's okay to have that, right? In my opinion, it's okay, it, right? It's going to happen. You need, you need two opinions on the matter, right? You need to have the why. But I just wish, why is there not a reason to what I want to know why it's eight games because, and I want to know what he did because in my opinion, yeah, when you speed it up, it looks dirty, right? But it isn't, it really isn't. And maybe it's the impact because he missed games. Maybe that's why, but that's my opinion on the matter. Sorry for taking a uh, Reese's rant, but that's the yeah. matter. For anyone wondering, Jan Mishak did not play in the outdoor showcase. He took warm up. Um, but he did not play. Uh, he also did not play Tuesday night in Peterborough as well. Um, as we quickly run through the rest of them, uh, Chase Stillman, game on March 10th. He gets five games. It's funny because every time I pull this page up and you see all the trades and everything, Chase Stillman's still number one, and then you uh, head up to see the uh, to see the suspensions. Uh, it's five games for him. Check from behind. He'll be back. On March 22nd, uh, Andrew Parrott, he is TBD'd right now. Minimum two games for sure. Yeah, that was in the Left the bench. He's going to get at least uh, 10. He's yeah. going to get 10. He's going to get 10 games. That's a suspe- that is a suspension. The, the way I've been doing the player safety, he'll probably get eight. But <laughs> he'll <laughs> probably get eight. But, hey, I say 10. I honestly think 10 because – you can't do that. You've been suspending guys two games for fighting after a scrum or fighting after the whistle, I guess. It's slash. You've been suspending guys for that. You leave the bench. Okay, minimum two. Okay, at least four. Okay, six yeah. to ten. He's been suspended already this year. Yeah. Okay, you get the six. Yeah, six to ten. Six to ten games. Yeah, it definitely puts Windsor in a really bad spot. Uh, and then finally, Luke Cavillan, goaltender. Uh, for the Flint Firebirds. That's right. I said goaltender. He got suspended uh, for oh, fighting after the scrum. He'll be back on the 20th of March. Did, did you see that? Yeah, I did. Oh, Royal Rumble in Flint, Michigan. That was wild. Oh, my. Yeah, that was something. That's for sure. That was, that was yeah. All, and I like Guelph's Twitter account. We have a goalie glove on the ice. We have two goalie gloves on the ice. We have a goalie in a fight. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, shout out to the oh my God, it's like shout out to that social team for being hilarious. By the way, shout out to the Oshawa Generals social media team 
for cheering for a shot on goal in the third period at the outdoor showcase, because it was tough for them to get one on <laughs> net in that final frame. But um, Oshawa's been good. Oshawa's been yeah. good in the last year. Yeah. It's been, it's nice to see. It is nice to see some uh, social media. We'll always give the social media people credit when they, when they have a good tweet, we'll always give you credit. So props to, props to Guelph and props to Oshawa this week. Not a big deal. Congrats. You get the OHL, you get the OHL in 60. Uh, what would, should we call it? Jay Ross social media award of the week. <laughs> the oh, Flyers of the week. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the, not a big announcement of statues this week there. The OHL's TikTok with a C award. Because Wardy doesn't know how to spell <laughs> Oh my. Hey, I was waiting for that on Monday. I was waiting for that. Someone to recognize that you saw the stupid like, TikTok hey. ad on the on the ice. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I was waiting for that because we had a we had we broke out the jackets. I was waiting. I was waiting for someone to notice the jacket and be like, hey, point up there. You know what I saw TikTok yet? And just point up there. But yeah. That was oh. that might be my biggest blooper of that was the show, bad. Of yeah. my of like my show tender. That might be my biggest yeah. Blooper. I'll suspend well, you. I'll crawling. suspend you eight games for that. <laughs> I'm gonna protest it. <laughs> Why, Reese? Why are you spending eight games? All right, and on that note, uh, we will hit the break. When we come back, uh, we'll get to the players of the week. Uh, We've made the executive decision. We're going to take a week off after all the prep that went into uh, the outdoor showcase. Uh, We're going to take a break from the featured game this week, and then we'll be back at it next week. So players of the week and end of the show is next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. Reese Mania along with Colin Ward. Wardy called it. Isaiah George <laughs> scores for the London Knights on Wednesday. Um, as we are about to resume this final segment, who other than Cam Allen scores for the Guelph Storm? So Colin Look, Ward called that. Of course, this is 24 hours after this game that it's being released, but... You hear it. The, we saw the, the puck go in. Wardy immediately was like, is that Allen? Is that Allen? Because there's the def- <laughs> obviously like, the defenseman coming in from the point and winding into a clapper. Uh, yeah, it was number like eleven. I celebrated like we just you won did. like the podcast showdown. Like I celebrated like, third straight year. Not a big deal. Yeah, no, it isn't. But like, oh my! Like he's rookie of the year. I honestly, he's the next Drew Doughty out of Guelph. Easy lead. You wait till he's out on hockey Canada, snapping around, making that outlet pass so smooth. And then just snapping it, snapping it on goal through the other team's goalie. That's just what he does. He's good. He's elite. He's really good. Yes. On the players of the week. They're all just talking about Cam Allen all day. In this week's episode on the OHL and 60, we're going to talk about Cam Allen because he's great. He's my rookie of the year. All right. (laughs) Uh, This week, because I pulled up the wrong page, uh, we're going to start with the goaltender of the week Uh, of the Owen Sound attack, Nick Chenard. Uh, 2-0-1-0 with a 1.99 goals against average save percentage of 944. And, of course, we talked about it already, how uh, much of a role the Owen Sound attack are on right now. 
101 saves for the attack <laughs> goaltender in those. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we said, points in nine straight, including a 41 save performance, defeating the Guelph Storm five to three. Uh, well, I guess it'd be a couple of couple of Mondays ago, but. Um, yeah, pretty big weekend for the Tecumseh, Ontario native. Oh, hey, I played Tecumseh in that? baseball before and hockey. Yeah, they were always good in I Tecumseh played... for baseball. We always lost to them. We were we were into the final five OBAs, Minor Bantam and Burlington. And uh, Ooh, that's when I played. Ball. We got out in the we were out uh, against Tecumseh because my coach played his son. <laughs> oh, daddy ball. That's not good, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, we uh, hockey game one of the Silver Stick. It was a Friday afternoon. It was outside of London. They had a lot of people there to watch their team play because it was close, right? Yeah. And I remember going that we were in, we won in overtime. I was in that. And that'd be. I was legit. Were you the so goalie that went to the pile and jumped on everyone? I started the pile. <laughs> so here's the story. Here's the story. Our defenseman, our captain, our leader gets the puck up top. And I can see the play developing. So the winger comes around the net, and he's at the face-off dot, speeds up to the point. Once our defenseman got the puckers, I literally started skating out to like this our own slot. And if he if he didn't score, it was like scramble back to the net. I mean, I just trusted my teammates, right? You know me, I'm a team guy, anything to win. Oh yeah. But it he scored, not he turned around. It legit if there's video of this, I gotta post it because he turns around and I'm like right there behind him like this. <laughs> and he was like, what the he's like, stop. He just scores an OT winner. What the, the hell are you doing? He scores an OT winner, the first game of silver stick, turns around and his goalie's behind him. <laughs> so yeah, that's I started the pile in that game. But yeah, that was against the Kamsi. We won in overtime. Nice. And that's a that's a story that I have against the Kamsi. I'll always remember that. That goalie. And I'm sure like they're thinking, what the heck is he doing? He's trying to all. That's my teammates. It was a fun one. The Kamsi. Nice place. Chenard, really good goaltender, by the way. I think he's a star. I think he gets a chance to in the NHL. I think he's a guy at the next level that gets a shot. He's he's a star. He's been huge in Owen Sound. You watch Owen Sound, some of those games on that winning streak, they should have lost. Nick Chenard made some massive saves. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. I think I'm back. I'm no longer mad at player safety. I'm happy that uh I'm happy that uh, Shannard got goalie of the week. He deserved it. Well, just as a Guelph Storm score, I thought it was Allen again, but he was just on the ice, so plus for him. Um, <laughs> also in consideration for the award, Marco Costantini of the Hamilton Bulldogs. He was 2-0, 52 saves on 55 shots. Uh, a couple of wins for the Bulldogs over Barry and Mississauga. And then, of course, uh, who yeah, else? Good. Luke Cavill into the Flint Firebirds. 2-0, 2.02 goals against average, save percentage of 9.56 as he defeated the London Knights and the Guelph Storm. Uh, player of the week, we're going to head out east. East for us, more central people. Eh, it's just Ontario. Yeah. Eastern Ontario to Kingston. Uh, Lucas Edmonds is the OHL player of the week. Three goals, six assists, and nine points as the Frontenacs had three wins. Uh, over the weekend, three consecutive three-point performances. Uh, the Frontenacs defeated Peterborough, Oshawa, as well as the Niagara Ice Dogs. 
Also in consideration for the award, his teammate Shane Wright, eight points on the weekend, three goals, five assists, and eight points, as well as Ethan Cardwell. Boy, do the Barry Colts love to have this dude back. Um, Two goals, five points. Two goals, five assists for seven points as uh, the Colts took two of three uh, this past week. Yeah. Wild, wild to get him back. It sucks they got to bring a Clark out, but yeah, right. Card was a big ad. Yeah, I'm not even gonna mention it. I'm not even, I shouldn't nope. even mention it. No, nope, let's move yeah. on. Um, yeah. like we said, no <laughs> featured game this week, so that really puts Thank a wrap, next. wrap into the show. <laughs> Thank you, next on the just uh, reference Ariana Grande. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I did honestly, I wasn't even That's thinking about Ariana Grande. I would honestly, I wasn't even thinking about her, but now I am. Uh oh! <laughs> now I'm thinking about her song, but I honestly I wasn't even thinking about it. I was not even thinking about it. I start thinking of like you know real music back when people actually Ooh. played instruments. Um, it's By amazing, the way, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh good guitar solo. That's always good, right? What were you gonna say? A good guitar solo. That's always good. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something else. Okay, no, no, no. All right. All right, that uh, that wraps it up again. It was the outdoor showcase was awesome. We are glad we were a part it. of it, and uh, we hope everyone enjoyed the game. Whether you were there, whether you were watching it on TV, whether you listened to it on the radio, um, yeah, it was, it was an event week. that uh, that the OHL really wants to have again. It's just a matter of is the NHL coming back to town anywhere uh, in Ontario? Because financially, it's kind of tough. I mean, it's kind of it's like beyond. Year. it's really tough to do like no one really expects it to happen either right like can't expect it to be another outdoor game unless it piggybacks an NHL game yeah in my opinion like, can't expect that but yeah it's been a week it has been a week Reese. i mean Denver broncos get russell wilson the blue jays oh get my Matt god Chapman. oh my I mean, god i have Who no cares? voice there's an outdoor game it's been oh. a week it's been a week all right all right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demany along with Colin Ward. Hope you enjoy the weekend. Lots of OHL action for you. And stay tuned. There's another episode coming at you quickly Tuesday. Uh, should be a good one. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will chat in five days. Hey, nice on the spot. Nice on the spot thinking there. That's good. Attaboy. Thanks, I, don't I, think I, told, that. I don't think I pulled that off. I have to look at the calendar. Man, that was rough. I was going through my head. I'm like, uh, we're releasing two <laughs> days later. So five. Yeah. We'll see. Seven in minus five two days. is five. <laughs> Good math, Reese. All right, everyone. We'll chat in five days.